I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Make some noise, Orange fans! It's time for the Juice Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Q's Nation Podcast. All right, what's up, Q's Nation? Welcome to episode 27 of the Q's Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Google Play Music. This is our last monthly episode as the NCAA football season kicks off. We'll go back to once a week or at least after games are played um, sometime in the early week thereafter. Uh, on this episode, we're going to talk about Torian Thompson and his departure from Syracuse, the effects of him leaving, the pregame for the Orange home opener against Central Connecticut, a look ahead at a very tough schedule for the orange as well and maybe a little um nfl discussion if you want to get on the show the number is 1-804-977-1557 you'll hear a generic recording in a beep leave your message after the beep if you have a question a comment if you want to talk about the game next week if um i don't know whatever whatever i i know one thing we're not going to do it and that is make up phone calls and make up phony <laughs> <laughs> And make up yeah. phony questions from listeners. That's one thing this podcast is not going to do. So, again, 1-804-977-1557. Leave a message. You will get on the podcast. Your recording will get on the podcast. So uh, make sure it's good because it will go on. Uh, Joe, what's up, dude? What's up, Sean? What's up? Uh, not a whole lot. So before we get in to, to the, um, the Torian Thompson thing, it was a one, probably the biggest, one of the biggest, hyped at least fights of probably our lifetime, at least our our lifetime, Joe. Um, yeah, between, hyped, hyped, yeah. exactly. Uh, between Con- Conor McGregor and uh, Floyd Mayweather, and it was pretty much exactly um, as most predicted, and it went away, went about the way I thought, but not as, as I'd hoped. So, um, you know, <laughs> well, yeah. I, I was rooting for probably McGregor. me and you both. Yeah, I was rooting for McGregor, but it was a good fight, though. You, know, you got yeah, your better money's than, worth. Better than Mayweather Pacquiao. That's right. And Conor McGregor landed actually 30 more punches than Pacquiao, and Pacquiao went the distance. That tells you how boring that one was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> that was his last fight, right? Was, that, was his, that was the one he retired on, right? Mayweather? Who's that? Floyd? Yeah. 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 That was his. Uh, Third last fight, yeah. 
Because <laughs> he yeah. retired like three times. Right. And then came back for the money. So yeah, yeah exactly. I'd I would i would come back for three hundred thousand dollars too. I'd fight anybody for I'd fight almost anybody for a million dollars. That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> you know? What the hell? <laughs> I think so, you're, you'll come back from it. So Exactly. Yeah. I mean all that all that's gotta happen is the bell's gotta ring. I mean when that bell rings and I'm guaranteed a million dollars, I don't really care what happens. And I'm making uh, yeah, it quick no, too. Definitely I'm not. It quick. <laughs> On purpose. Like uh the only thing I'd have a problem doing is hitting that 153-pound weight limit. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. But, um, I, even I had trouble yeah. doing that uh, for different reasons. Well, yeah, it was um, it was entertaining. So, like you said, yeah, it went it kind of the way that we thought. Um, like we talked about uh, a little bit briefly over the phone about the uh, scorecards at the refs. Like, it was a little, a little weird to me. But, again, those boxing uh, judges weren't going to allow – um, a UFC fighter to win if it went the distance. So, yeah, Mayweather tired him out, let McGregor throw some punches, and then he just couldn't get his hands up, and Mayweather was hitting him pretty easily later on. So, yeah, he's, I mean, he's impatient, and Mayweather isn't. And that's, that's the difference between going 25 minutes for a full match in UFC to, to, you know, going 36 in, um, in, uh, boxing. So, yeah, it and is. I mean, and, and, you know, we have the uh, apology, you know, the people, people on social media cheering for both sides, and, you know, um, everyone talking about, oh, you know, like McGregor fans, like, oh, well, he did better than we thought, or he went this, you know, and and uh, Mayweather fans coming back, like, oh, that's good enough, you know, he was talking about how he's going to knock him out the whole time, and it's like, you know, that's, that's to sell the fight. I mean, I think for McGregor or anybody to talk about that and honestly think it, it was kind of crazy in the beginning. So, at the end of the day, like they talk about it, McGregor won some rounds. It was because Mayweather did nothing and basically was tiring him out. And Mayweather controlled it. But one thing I will say is, is that if Mayweather ever saw McGregor in the, the octagon, McGregor would have controlled and dominated the fight way more than uh, Mayweather dominated that fight as far as boxing. So, yeah, it would be over with, totally. Oh, very fast. Yeah, wake so, up. <laughs> yeah, so. So, anyway, um, good fight, well worth the money. I went to a bar, paid twenty five bucks, so I was happy with that. Um, so the two thousand seventeen eighteen fall semester starts at uh, Syracuse University, and Torian Thompson's nowhere to be found. Uh, he decided to withdraw from the school, uh, unlikely to return. Um, you know, he was one that we had talked about a, a number of times in over the off season as kind of, you know, someone that's going to step up and have to be a leader of this team, you know, averaging 8.8 points and 3.3 rebounds in about 18 minutes per game. Um, not terrible. And uh, now no, he's going to be gone. No. It's going to be a, be a void to fill. Uh, I mean, where do, you, where do you look to? And, um, you know, he, he's, he's said to maybe be rumored to go into Seton Hall. I mean, so what, what, um, what are we going to do? How are you going to fill that hole besides the new talent coming in? I don't think there's an answer to that question, Sean. <laughs> it's a, I mean, at this point, he's waited so long that, I mean, any graduate transfer worth the damn has probably already found a school, and um, I don't really see any way other than just filling it with the people that we have and letting them gain experience and just seeing what happens. Um, he uh, he chose Syracuse over Seton Hall to begin with uh, last year, and... Um, 
a lot of it had to do, I guess, with his, uh, I guess, his mom's health, and his mom wanted him to stay closer to home. He's from New York City, um, and I don't know if it was just the pressure from her or if the medical conditions got worse, but uh, something happened over the off season in um, the summer, and uh, yeah, he decided that he wanted to move closer to home. So I won't fault him for that, but. You know, to, to not give the program, you know, time to be able to fill that void, it's kind of, you know, that's what I'm more upset about. You know, basketball players come and go. There's been plenty that have been highly ranked, and then they transfer and vice versa. And, um, yeah, it's with me, it's more or less just the timing. He had all summer to think about it and to wait until school basically already started kind of kind of hurts. Yeah, so. well, in his defense, I guess the only defense was that they, they said he was leaving because of uh, a family health issue or something like that. I don't know. Um, but I know that it had been rumored before. That- We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine that like i think you just mentioned it just now that he was being pressured by his mother to go to seton hall to begin with yeah so um yeah you know no it's it's it's, it's well, like i said I mean, it's it's unfortunate too because like those stats that you said i mean that's 18 minutes he's in foul trouble a lot and he's going to be getting a lot more minutes this year so even last year as a true freshman if he would have gotten in foul trouble he would have been a double double guy he probably would have been a little bit better of a team and now we have to fill that void and gonna find a guy that can uh that can be our third score so it's just um, unfortunate yeah it's unfortunate because you you really i mean i'm an optimist when it comes to syracuse basketball especially we're so far away from the beginning of the season at this point right now that you know it's easy to be optimistic but you take a look at the team that with torian thompson coming back and you're like well that's decent i think it's better than last year so you know and not that one person makes that big of a difference, but it's a senior guy. He's learned the zone. He's actually played real good. And like you said, if he stays out of foul trouble, he could be an impact player. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, it, it sucks, but they're in, it's next man up. You're going to have to step up. Got some good young talent coming in. 
and uh, Frank Howard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it gives us time to, as much as it didn't give us time to um, maybe fill his spot, it, it does allow, it's not like an injury where it just happens right before the season, and now players that didn't think they were, had to contribute this year all of a sudden got to, you know, be thrust into that role. Um, so at least now we know we got a couple months and those players know that there's going to be some minutes to be had and, and there's going to be um, real good young competition to uh, fill those minutes. And I wouldn't be surprised if, especially early in the non-conference, you see pretty much probably everybody in there trying to prove if, that they're the person to, to fill those minutes. So it'll be uh, it's another adventure <laughs> Syracuse this yeah, year. So. It's going to be another Another one of those years uh, where uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Hopefully we don't get a couple early bad losses again. Hopefully they can figure it out. And I don't know. I mean, go from there. I'd hate to, like you said, I'd hate to have to wait till, you know, 2018 to look forward to good, a good team, you know, with a, another good recruit coming in and Buddy Beheim possibly most likely going to yeah. be there. So I don't know. Well, the good thing is I'm not going to sit here and predict the record. Exactly. Uh, I, would, yeah. I would guess that it would be, I mean, we've seen this happen in the past couple of years. I mean, I don't want to take away the uh, 5-4 run, but that was realistic. I mean, some people didn't even think we were going to make the tournament that, that year. And then the year before that, we had sanctions. So I mean, the last three years, as far as regular season-wise, have been eerily similar to where you're right there and, and you don't know what's going to happen. Um, so I feel like this year is kind of going to be the same way. I think there's going to be a lot of nail-biting games per usual. And, I mean, we're going to have to play really good defense and there's probably going to be find a way to score and keep the game in the 60s because <laughs> I don't see us being able to go out and score 70, 80 points consistently and beat a good team. So yeah, not, an, not an offensive powerhouse. So, no. No. Um, all right. Well, you you're going to be traveling to Syracuse here for the the home opener uh, for the football team against uh, Central Connecticut State. Yes, sir. Uh, what are they? The Blue Devils, too. Uh, yes. Okay. Um, uh, should be a fun game to go to. the the first The first three first are at home. The first three games are at home. Central Connecticut, Middle Tennessee. And uh, what's the other one? Central Michigan. Central Michigan, yep. Yeah, they're all three at home. Uh, you're going to a primetime game, too, which is awesome. 7 o'clock, September 1st, fr- this coming Friday. Wow. Yep. Just two days from now. So Yes. Um, you're going to be there, and you expect um, an ass-whooping or what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this I... I mean, what can you say? I, it's about hard it? for me to say that. You know, it's SSU football. We went four and eight. So, I mean, just three years ago, I was at a Villanova game. Well, Syracuse had a season opener against Villanova. Granted, they were ranked number two in uh, Division One AA, but um, we should have lost that game. And I mean, I saw. I mean, my buddy left and went and listened to it at the parking lot because he was so upset. <laughs> so, there were so many just weird things that happened. But they were they were ranked second. Villanova that year was a good team. They went far in the tournament. Um, for D1 AA, and they probably could have done better if their starting quarterback didn't get a concussion in the playoffs. But um, this team is nowhere close to to that. Um, they return 18 starters, but they were two and nine last year. So, and the question is, is how good were their starters? You know what I mean? Um, and uh, 
even the best player, or the best team in their in their conference, St. Francis last year, I think was finished the season ranked 39th in D1 AA, just to kind of put that in perspective. So I don't really see um, see a way that this uh, that this happens. I mean, in that game, Trail Hunt punched a player for Villanova in the second quarter and got um, he got kicked out, and we didn't have a good backup. Um, well, our football team's in a better spot um, and better place, even if something were happening to Dungy. I mean, we've got Mahoney, who started games against LSU, Clemson. I mean, good teams. So, I mean, we're not at, at the same place that, uh, that that Scott Schaefer team was. So, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw the second stringers coming in, third stringers coming in the second half. And uh, be a lot of the, um, the Orange Express, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, trend horns going on after the touchdown. So, Right, that's what um, I that's what I expect anyway. I mean, it's more like a preseason game than anything else. Uh, I mean, what about you? Like the three of them, which should be good, should be good games to get these guys some reps and maybe even some rest. And well, the second one is is a little. I mean, Middle Tennessee State's better than what people think. Um, they actually have um, decent return players. Their quarterback, uh, they is, is said to basically have NFL talent. Um, and on top of that, their uh, new first-year defensive coordinator is Scott Schaefer. So oh, wow. the old SU coach yeah. is going to be coming back as a defensive coordinator, playing against SU in the Dome uh, week two for Middle Tennessee State. So you know he's going to have that team amped up, at least that defense. Uh, so yeah. that, that's the interesting one. But I, I'm pretty confident in uh, Central Connecticut State and um, Central Michigan. And as long as our defense doesn't just – go out and play a big old turd against Middle Tennessee State, then I think we'll, we'll be okay. But that could be closer than what people think. Well, you know, in um, you, I'm looking at a, a Brent Axe column here on Syracuse.com where they've uh, him and a bunch of guys predicted um, the records. And, you know, I think he mentions it in this article, but we've talked about it before, is the weak line on both sides of the ball. And, um, yeah. You know, you got a decent quarterback that can make plays, and he makes plays. He makes some clutch plays, and um, you know he's versatile. But he can't be on the run the whole time, and he can't be yeah, getting until he beat takes up that all hit. the time. Yeah. So you know, you worry about that. But they're predicting a lot of the a lot of these guys mostly predicting five and seven. So, um, like you've mentioned before. Uh, you can get a bowl game because there's so many bowl games. You can get a bowl game at five and seven, but it's got to be a it's got to be a good five and seven. So, what they're predicting is kind of a, a an upset as as far as you know some of the bigger games we have. Uh, a lot of them are picking at Miami. Um, I think one guy picked at actually picked at LSU, which is our fourth game. Um, if we're gonna nail an upset, Joe. Um, which we we would need to even have a shot. Uh, which one are you are you picking? Uh, none of the big ones. I'll tell you. I'll tell you that. Uh, I'm, it's tough because when, back when Doug Marone was coach and we had Ryan Nassib, uh, we beat Geno Smith's West Virginia teams a couple yeah, times. We beat. Uh, it was a pinstripe bowl, right? Yeah. Well, it was. Well, I think we beat them um, one or two times. Before uh, they left the um, Big East to go to the Big Ten or the Big Twelve, I'm sorry, and uh, 
Then we actually played them in a pinstripe bowl the next year. So I think okay. we beat Geno Smith in West Virginia uh, at least two times, if not three. And we even beat a, um, a uh, Louisville team that was um, the Teddy Bridgewater was a starting quarterback. So, but we had a good quarterback. We had Nassib, but we had some offensive linemen that made the NFL. Um, that's you didn't hear any of that during the Scott Schaefer years, and 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 I think the only reason that you hear it this year is because we beat Virginia Tech last year. They're ranked seventeenth. They came in the dome. We beat them actually pretty handily, and um, you know, the famous famous uh, end of the game favor speech in the locker room came after that. And I think because of that, people are trying to force the oh well, what's the upset? What's and, and the way I look at it is the Louisville, Florida State, Clemson, Miami. And uh, LSU games, um, those five teams are most likely, barring you know um, catastrophes for their team, injuries, stuff like that, suspensions. Uh, those five teams are most likely going to be better than that Virginia Tech team last year. Uh, those are five teams that could easily be in the top fifteen. Um, so I don't see any of those teams being. I mean, I think a more realistic upset, if you want to count it, would be you know a home game against Pittsburgh or. Uh, an away game against NC State, which NC State's, they're going to be tough this year, too. I mean, if, if you want to count that as an upset, um, I don't know if they're going to be ranked, but those are the type of teams that I think are going to be more of, like, an upset than, than like, at, at NC State. At NC State, we're going to be uh, underdogs, and that's probably the one that we probably have the best chance at because those other five, I think, are just... I would... I would no, I, I would. know. I would say Pitt's possible. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled another one of these off. Uh, you're going to be at the NC State game, right? You plan on going no. to that, right? Yeah, NC State game and uh, the Wake Forest game. So, okay. yeah. Um, I think Pitt at home could be considered an upset just because, I mean, we're not expected to do a whole lot, and it is Pitt. I mean, you know, it's an old Big yeah. East rival too. So Yeah, and they've, they've had our number, but their they're number one receiver um, – is gone. They uh, they lost their quarterback. They lost uh, James Conner, their running back. So there's still question marks. And if you remember last year, I believe it was the last game of the season, if not second to last. I think it was the last last game. Um, I mean, that was a 76-61 game. Zach Mahoney was the starter. Uh, Pittsburgh really didn't show that they could stop our defense. And the only thing that beat us was their offense. And the majority of their offensive players that dominated that game are gone. So um, I don't even know by that time when we play them at the Dome what they're even going to be looking like and who knows if we're going to be favored and if it even would be considered an, up, an upset. But I do know one thing is that they do they have had our number. So Yeah, past, you said past five, right? Is that what you said? Um, I don't I don't know for sure, but I, it's got to be somewhere around the last four or five. Yeah, I remember the, the, this, this, the game, the high-scoring game, um, that was just ridiculous. It was like tit for tat, but, um, yeah. so, all right. Well, I mean, I guess we'll just, we'll have to see, obviously, you know, we don't really know. We haven't really seen them do anything yet this year and still kind of, you know, up in the air as far as how they're going to come out and play. But, um, and same with the, with the lines too. I mean, you know, just have to wait and see. So, yeah, uh, well, I tried, I tried finding a line for this, uh, central Connecticut state game. And, uh, usually they don't, have lines for those kind of games so i didn't see anything right. and my buddy my buddy thinks that we're going to be up 35 points at halftime so yeah oh. i mean that would be great it'd be fun it'd be a great game to go to especially a home opener but i mean you know 
Yeah, well, that's what I expect. That's what I think you can only expect when you play a team like that. At least hope for. I don't know about expect, but I'd like to think that we're past the the Villanova days where we struggle against those type of teams. So, um, all right. Anything left? Anything left on the football front? And we'll come back. Obviously, we're going to come back early next week after you get back in town, and um, you know, put an episode up. The episodes will be a little random, I guess, be just because. Joe's working out of town a little bit here and there, and, um, you know, we'll get to it, though. We'll get to it as early as possible. I can promise that. Um, So you want to talk about a little bit of little NFL stuff real quick? I think I can do that. All right. Um, So my brother was here last week, and we were – I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, We had a a small debate about preseason games. And uh, I I hate the preseason game stuff. First of all, it's not that exciting. Second of all, it starts like it's still like 95 degrees out here in Virginia Beach. And um, it's still summertime. I don't want to see football on the TV. I'm sorry. I'm just one of those guys. And and the third thing is, the most important thing is people are getting hurt. You got Julie El- uh, Julian Edelman's out for the season. Um, Hitchens. Anthony Hitchens, linebacker for the Cowboys, he's he's going to be out for, what, eight weeks? Yeah, they said eight weeks right now, but that could change. You never know. Um, and uh, let's see. Cameron Meredith. Spencer Ware. Spencer Ware, Cameron Meredith, uh, Tyrod Taylor for the beloved Bills. Uh, <coughs> he's, Sorry. He's got, I just puked in my mouth a little he's bit. He's got a concussion, although, you know, he'll be back. But, um, you know. Not a great way to start. Not a great way to start. Um, it's, it's, you know, their starting quarterback and I kind of like Tyrod Taylor. I don't know why, <laughs> but I do um, though. I, he's, a, uh, he's an athletic I guy. I, I think he's an athletic guy. I think he could do good over there. I, I don't think he's, you know, he's one of those running type of quarterbacks, man. They just don't last long. I mean, he's, he's a decent quarterback if you play fantasy football, but if you're trying to get to the playoffs, <laughs> <laughs> so that's, it's probably not going to work too well but, for but you. Here's but my, here's, my, here's my thing, Joe. We got four preseason games. I mean, that's 25% of the regular season. So uh, I, I think I would, like to see, I would like to see one game at the most. My brother's like, oh, you got to have at least two. You got to have at least two. I mean – it doesn't really matter to me if they play any at all, but I'm just trying to I'm just trying to give something one game. I think that's plenty, in my opinion. I don't like seeing my my starters out um, playing preseason football four weeks in a row. I just don't like it. So I mean, actually, my starters yeah. didn't play week one. Derek Carr didn't play. Neither um, did the Giants. Yeah. So, um, which is nice, but still, I got three weeks, and then uh, week four, you know. They're, I mean, there's a good chance that they play past halftime, play the per, the first the, ser, the first series past halftime. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, every, every team does it different. And yeah, honestly, exactly. I mean, it's tough because you can easily say, you know, let's eliminate the preseason games. And, and more or less, it's just to get them into routine, you know, get them into the, to the routine of it. Um, is it necessary? Probably not. Um but injuries could happen at any time. You know, they, I mean, they practice, they scrimmage against each other. Um, they have, what, an 80-something, 90-something man roster that's got to get cut down to 53. Um, 
So there's going to be competition. There's going to be, um, inter- you know, scrimmages between teams. Uh, the weeks when they do have preseason games, they have teams that the team that usually is the home team has the away team come in and they practice together. They have joint practices. They scrimmage. Um, but those can be controlled. Um, my issue with the preseason is, is like it's almost like, like you said, it's on TV and it's the bright lights and. A lot of times, you know, some people might try a little bit harder. Some people might want to, you know, we're on TV, this, this, and that. And obviously, it's about the money for the NFL because people are going to watch. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and like you said, trying a little harder. And some of these guys aren't guaranteed a spot. So, right. you know, maybe maybe some of the defensive guys are hitting a little harder. And, you know, maybe one of your guys is on offense. You know what I'm saying? So, right. um, you know, it's just it, it, you, the 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 – the risk of getting hurt in football is high enough, I guess, is my opinion. And to fans, you know, in, in my opinion, as a fan, I don't. I'd like to limit the risks of that. I finally have a decent quarterback. It's been like thirteen years, and um, I'd like to keep him decent. I mean, he already got yeah. taken out last year, so what the hell? You know, I feel like yeah. I, I, you know, I every time he drops back, now I get nervous. Yeah, well, it's the same thing with me. And uh, I think it was the second game. Uh, for the Giants, Odell Beckham caught a passion right as he put a, his leg down. A guy came in and he's yeah, got a high ankle sprain, and you know it's just one of those things that can nag. And yeah, you know, the second week of preseason, first season, first week hasn't even came. You know they're already saying that he might not even play week one. You know, like you don't want to start the season like that, especially when it's you know one of the guys where if he gets hurt, you're like, well, there's the season. You know, yeah. so you don't want that to happen. But at the, uh, it's tough because preseason. Yes, we have the starters. You have the main guys, but everybody has a role. And when it comes down to those last roster spots and, and position battles and stuff like that, like the teams have to be able to put them in the fire, put them in those situations where it's it's an urgent situation. There's a sense of urgency. You're out there trying to win the game, even if it's the third stringers, the fourth stringers. They have to see those people in those moments to make the right decisions on on who's going to make the team. It's just bad because. When it comes to preseason games, every coach does it different. So, you know, you could have first stringers going against second stringers, or there's an injury, and then there's third stringers, and there could be someone out there trying to make a name for himself. And the next thing you know, he made a name for himself by taking out someone's leg, you know, and they're your number one receiver's out for the season. Like, that stuff is – it happens, and that's the bad thing. Is it can happen in practice. It can happen in a scrimmage at practice. It can happen walking down the damn stairs before practice. You know, right. you never know. Yeah. So. Like you said, it's all about the money. It's obviously all about the money. I mean, are we are we that you know we're not that naive to think it's not about the money, right? I mean, no, they, these I mean, games I, are I, televised. Is, they they put them in yeah. all the local markets as many as possible. They run some primetime games. I mean, come on, it's it right. nationally televised primetime games. I mean, it's about the money. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And uh, you've mentioned before that you know when you've got these guys making the money, they make they don't care. But I know they don't care, right? <laughs> you, you know, it's, it's the guys. It's the guys making the team that care. And can you simulate that in a scrimmage or a practice? Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. But, but yeah. the NFL takes. I mean, so when it comes to the injury part of it, I mean, injuries are going to happen. They're going to still scrimmage people, and they still got to see the people in position battles and the people that are trying to make the team and undrafted, you know, uh, free agents, rookies, stuff like that. They need to be able to put them in a sense of urgency situation, see how they react. But at the end of the day. It's the NFL that's that's taking advantage of it because they're televising it when they really don't have to. 
Exactly. Exactly. And that's that's you know that's just it. So, um, aren't they getting sued anyway for like, you know, brain injuries and stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> uh, I have no um, idea. All right. Well, anything else on the NFL front? Um, I feel like I'm missing something. Is that it? No, I know. I know that the. Um, well, oh, I, and then, I know what I wanted to mention. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. So I. Uh, this is the Q's Nation podcast where we do we try to specialize in Syracuse sports. But I mean, while we're not like hardcore on the basketball stuff and mixing in a little bit of NFL, I mean, why not? So it'll always be at the end of the show. We'll never we'll never stick it in the beginning and make you fast forward or stick it in the beginning and have you listen to it if you don't want to hear it. So it'll be a, a quick NFL segment at the end every week too, um, starting the week of the thirteenth or fourteenth, right? Oh, there's yep. a Thursday night game, so... Yeah, so I think the th- first game is the 7th. Right, right. So, okay. The 7th would be a Saturday. No, then the 4th. Oh, no, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm sorry. You're right, you're right, exactly. Yeah, it's Patriots-Chiefs. Yep. So, you know, every week when we come back, just to wrap up the NCAA, we'll we'll hit some NFL. So, just so everybody... So, I'm clear on that for everybody. Um so, I mean, anything else? Do you have anything else? Final uh, thoughts? Well, I mean, as far as, it's, you know, connecting the NFL to um, to real-life situations, um, I don't know if you've, I mean, obviously you probably have because, I mean, you have two eyes and you watch TV. So, I mean, um, they uh, canceled the uh, preseason game, the fourth preseason game between Houston and Dallas, and um, they, uh, Hurricane Harvey in uh the flood down there it's a it's an awful thing um i heard saw a couple um a couple stories um uh, syracuse basketball they're sending some gear down there to help with relief uh, shoes uh clothes stuff like that and um i actually read a story today that uh john gillen and his family um while they were evacuating actually saved saved a family of three um from their house from the flooding and uh so it's just a couple of Syracuse-related things with the flooding. And, um, and J.J. Watt, actually, I think he's gotten over $5 million now. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so um, it's just unfortunate, you know. So with everything that's going on in this world and with football coming, you know, it's nice to see that, that people can set aside their differences yeah, to, hey, uh, there, to help, you know. There's some really, really good stories coming out of Houston, and there's some terrible tragedies coming out of Houston. And, yeah. Um, you know, the the good far outweighs the bad as far as the heroic stories I've read about and heard about. And, um, you know, it's just, it's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing. I mean, I think last I heard it was up to 20 dead, and they haven't even, the waters haven't even receded. They haven't even been in, in, in these houses yet. But No, yeah, it's, I mean, it's getting worse, too, because it's raining away. It's, raining, it's not raining as much in Houston, but it's raining close and it's still you know um nearby reservoirs in certain cities and in rivers and stuff like that they're getting more water and and that those rivers flow down into houston so i mean i saw something today where there was a neighborhood that wasn't even getting any flooding and then all of a sudden because of the creek and another reservoir that were you know however many miles and towns away it's it's it, um it's spilled over and now all of a sudden now it's 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 uh flooding there and now it's becoming an issue and people got to evacuate there so i mean 
it's far from over, even though the storm is past certain areas. But you're going to get the the tragedies. You, the people are people. Sadly, people are going to die, and sadly, there's going to be those looters and people out there that try to take advantage of this stuff. But overall, I mean, I mean, the far outweighs the evil when when it comes down to stories like this. So yeah, and uh, obviously, um, you know, Cuse Nation sends the best to Houston. Um, and if you can donate, donate, uh, Joe and I yep. have, and I'm not trying to, we're not trying to virtue signal and, or anything nope. like that. We're not the arbiters of all that is good and well with the world. But, um, the point is I wouldn't mention it if we hadn't done it. So, uh, that's called being a hypocrite. So, um, yep. you know, five, 10 bucks to some of these charities. Uh, he, Joe did JJ Watts charity. I did mercury.org. Um, yep. you know, there's plenty of good ones out there, but you do kind of have to sift through and find a good one. Uh, well, yeah, because some of them, not all of the proceeds go to to, to what you're actually yeah. trying to help. Administrative and, I mean, fees are ninety percent of some things, you know. They they're donating ten cents to the dollar. That's not doing anybody any good. No, nah, and it's I mean sometimes it's easy because a lot of times you know your your city go out of sight, out of mind, not happening to me until it happens to your city and you. So you might as well you might as well help because when something happens in your town. You're gonna want you're gonna want it to be reciprocated. So yeah. the more the more public help, the less government help needs to be done, and that's always yep. a good thing too. So um, anyway, all right. Um, like I said, thoughts and prayers with everybody in Houston. It's terrible, and um, you know these the the effects. Of, everybody is gonna feel the effects of Houston. Guarantee it. Guarantee yep. it. Uh, gas prices are gonna go up. They shut down the number one um, refinery in the United States. Uh, it's twenty percent of the refined oil comes out of this um, refinery, and uh, you know we're gonna feel it everywhere. So, um, you know, the quicker, you know, we all chip in, the better, I guess. Yep. I don't know, but all right. Uh, remember, if you want to get on the show, you want to leave a message, call one eight zero four nine seven seven one five five seven. That's one eight zero four nine seven seven one five five seven. You'll hear a generic message and a beep. Leave your message. We'll play your message on the podcast. Um, if you want to ask Joe a question, me a question, or just talk about the game, uh, we'd love to have you on. So um, I guess episode 28 will be after the first home opener, Syracuse football game, and we'll see you then. Uh, for Joe, I am Sean. We are out. Cuse Nation. You just heard the Cuse Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.